Hello, welcome back to the Book of Jude podcast. Boy, I had a parenting fail uh, just a couple days ago. I don't know if this ever happens to you. I would love to know what parenting fails you experience and have done yourself. I, uh, <laughs> I'm on Facebook. And we live here in Plano, Texas, and we really close to Dallas. And something is coming to Dallas. It's called a Fan Expo. It's where all these celebrities come in, and uh, you can go. It's kind of like Comic-Con, but you can go and get their autographs and, and pictures taken with celebrities. Among many celebrities were, um, I only know the, the character's name from the Harry Potter movies, Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley's twin brothers and his sister. And there were some characters from, I think, pretty much main characters from the Lord of the Rings also coming. So Elijah Wood and folks like that. So I got really excited. I uh, told my wife and I said, I got so excited. I said, I couldn't wait. I said, let's tell the kids. And so I'm telling the kids everything that's going on. And they get, ex I mean, they are ecstatic. Because these aren't even all of the celebrities. more celebrities. And they are excited. And then I discovered if you tap on the celebrity that you are looking for. Because, I, I, listen, I figured, okay. It, and it, is, it was going to be over 100 bucks just to get into this thing. And then if you want to stand in line and pay for... Uh, autograph or a picture with um, a celebrity of all these people I told him I said listen I'll let you pick one person that we'll stand in line for and I'll let you do it. it's gonna I figured it'd be like 40 bucks or something which is still kind of crazy but you know one time one once in a lifetime thing so I said Let, let's do this well as I was showing them all of the people that were going to be there, I was showing them pictures on my phone. I accidentally tapped one of them, Ron Weasley. Uh, and and then it pulls up the price to meet said Ron Weasley. And if you wanted uh, a picture and all of these things. I could not believe what I saw. I mean, listen, I know he's a huge movie star and all of these things. So remember when I said it'll be over 100 bucks for my whole family to go? It was over $100 to get his picture, to get a picture with him, a photo op, to get his autograph, I think was even extra. So to take a picture with Ron Weasley was going to cost $120. My, this is all happening in front of my children. My kids know me well enough to know what too much is. And when my wife and I saw this, when I, when I uh, announced how much it was, <laughs> their faces went from happiness to disappointment really quickly. And I immediately felt very, very bad. 
because they know, my wife knew, and, and as I knew, uh, the moment I saw that, this is not happening. This is not happening. <laughs> uh, over $100 to go and a hundred, oh, $120 to take a photo? Oh, my gosh. So, parenting fail. I have many of them, but that, that was the most recent one. So, needless to say, the Jews are not going to uh, Fan Expo. We are we we are not going to, <laughs> to go there, but my my children did not complain. They very forgiving and very gracious to me, and they said that's okay. We you know we we. Uh, I think the important thing is well they they understood, you know they understood how much you know that that was kind of ridiculous to charge that much, which. Leads me to a non-parenting fail. A, a, it was a success in, in that respect because I always told my kids, and I and I still do, how much things cost. Haircuts, shoes, trips, vacations, cars, houses. I always make it a point to tell them how much things cost so they know the value of things. Because at the end of the day, they're material things, and we need to know if something is worth it or not. And they also know that, you know, hey, this is not worth it, but it's it's for pleasure, and it's a fun thing to do. It's okay to um, spend a little extra money on, on certain things. We don't make a habit of it, of course, and and but I I have always told them how much things are, and they always know, and, and they know what too much is and I felt like last night or a couple days ago whenever it was they I felt grace immediately and it was more about they knew that $120 to take a photo with another person at the end of the day it's just another person that's kind of ridiculous on top of already paying a hundred and ten dollars to even get into the building and so uh but boy did i feel ridiculous let me tell you uh that was um that was a a hard thing to see their faces their precious little faces going from very very happy to very very disappointed so if you don't know my occupation is a hospital chaplain and before you can become said hospital chaplain, you have to go through a lot of training. You have to um, have a master's in divinity. You have to go through a unit of CPE, clinical pastoral education, and then you have to go through a year of residency. I had two units of clinical pastoral education before I did my year of residency, which has helped me tremendously. I was with uh, several different groups. The more, the more different the people, the better. Uh, you go through this and you learn more about yourself. It's actually, um, you're basically putting a mirror up to yourself and you're, you're learning so much uh, because the more you know about yourself, the more you know your failures, 
the more that you know you you are a wounded person, the better you can help someone else. And so I, I'm very thankful that I was able to uh, go through this process. And, and among these things, and in my work in the hospital and meeting so many different people from different backgrounds, different faiths, I, I see the human document. We call them the human document, all of us. Uh, I could give you a document. I give you a piece of paper. You could read it and learn things from it, gain knowledge from this. But every person is a human document, and we are trained to uh, learn from people and try to simply show empathy. There's a big difference between sympathy and empathy. Of course, you know this. And it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work because when people come to you with their problems, we all have this. People come to you with their problems and we have this temptation to tell them what we think. They're coming to you. They must want to know what you th we think and we're going to tell them. But in actuality, if we really want to help someone, we will listen. We will truly hear what they are saying. And that's why there's jokes about counselors. You know, I just, I go to a counselor and I, I, I share my, my life and they really don't say anything. They just listen. Well, that, that's a big part of it. That's a big part of it. And so Empathy is so important, but the reason you can be good at empathy is because of what you yourself has gone, have gone through. You need to look at your, we all need, we all need to look at ourselves as wounded healers. There's a great book called The Wounded Healer by Dijkstra. And once we understand our own wounds. Now, this audience, listen, is a uh, 100 plus. Actually, I just found out that not all in the United States. Uh, we have some audience uh, members in Ireland. Very excited about that. Don't know how to process that. that that's amazing. But... Each and every one of us has a story. Each and every one of us have gone through traumatic experiences. We've all had crisis in our lives. And you know what makes something a crisis? If the person going through that event deems it as a crisis, as traumatic. So what does that mean? There's no set definition of, well, a, a vehicle accident, a motor vehicle accident is not a crisis because of this, this, this. No. Listen, I, I was in the military. I was in the army. I've been deployed. I got um, being diagnosed with PTSD and anxiety. But that's PTSD doesn't start and stop with military. 
someone could be in a motor vehicle accident and have P PTSD for the rest of their lives. They may, they won't be able to control their emotions of getting into another vehicle. Someone could have been in an abusive relationship. Are you telling me that's not traumatic? That's not uh, going to give somebody post-traumatic stress syndrome uh, or disorder? Of course. Of course. So we need to take all of these mental health labels and understand them better and know that each one of us, uh, first of all, one out of five people has has a mental uh mental dis um what am I trying to say mental health issue Just trying to be careful of the words I was saying uh every one out of five people have a mental health disorder that's what I was trying to think of and that's okay and 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 that's not a lot that's not a lot of people before you get to someone who's suffering from uh, mental health. And so knowing that, knowing that we all come from so many different backgrounds, other people and, and you and, and me, we are human documents. We have so much information. And so when we share this to people, when we ask for advice, listen, people are not really asking, what do you think? They're really saying, Will you please sit down and listen to me? I just need someone to listen to me. Look, I could go to work every day and give my advice to people all day long, and they'll take it. They'll receive it. I, I That would be hurtful and harmful. I cannot do that. I cannot go into someone's room and only have known them for five minutes 15 minutes, 20, and tell them what I think they should do. That is irresponsible. That is unethical. That is immoral. And they could ask me, what do you think? No, I get asked that all the time. I don't answer that question. But what I am trained to do is listen. So the difference between sympathy and empathy, and you probably know this, but let's say you're walking along and you see, you notice a big hole in the ground, a big pit, and you see down that there's someone down there who is stuck. And they say, help, help, please help me. Now, sympathy will say, oh, I feel sorry for this person. I'm going to put a ladder down or throw a rope down and that way they can get out. And then you leave, you walk away with your ladder, you walk away with your rope, your resource basically. And what happens the next time they, they fall in a hole? You're not there. So empathy tells us you Notice them in the hole. They're asking for help. Get down in the hole, in the pit with them. And walk through the journey together. We're all on a journey. We're, we're all walking together. Some of us are in front. Some of us are in back. Some of us are uh, 
on the sides going the wrong way. Some of us are going backwards. <laughs> but and, and we've all been in these different places in our lives. We've all had people to help us. I mean, sometimes we look at folks and they're they're successful and they got everything together and we're wondering, man, I wish I could just get to where they are. Boy, they if I could just get to where they are, I would be okay. What, do do you actually think they got there on their own? No way. My, uh, I wouldn't have made it thus far without people helping me along the way. I will not make it further without people helping me. And I'm also called to help others along the way. And so, you don't need to be great. You don't need to be perfect. You need to be good enough. Now, I know that has a uh, kind of a negative feel to it. Good enough. Yeah, you just need to be good enough. Because you're never going to be perfect. You're not going to be great. But if you have a good enough empathy, a good enough ministry, a good enough, it's your heart. You're sharing your heart, your love, your compassion. So going through the clinical pastoral education, you're learning how many wounds you have. And you, there's one, there's, there's that moment where, where we all stop and say, I, I, I can't do this. I, I am wounded. I have issues. And that's a, the exact moment where the educator says, exactly. But you're good enough. You're not great. We're not God. But you're good enough. And so you can have a good enough empathy. This is rooted uh, in an awareness that although we are wounded and hurting, we have taken time to tend to the wounds of others. And I'm reading, Recalling Our Own Stories by Edward Wim Wimberly. Recalling Our Own Stories, Spiritual Renewal for Religious Caregivers. This is one of my chaplain books. You say, okay, well, I'm, not, well, I'm not a chaplain. This is about human beings. This is about human beings. Healing, back to the book, healing our own wounds means they can be a source of healing for those wounds, those whose wounds are similar to ours. So maybe you were in a pit one time. Someone was able to come show you the resources, show you the way and walk with you. They got down into the pit with you and you both came out. And now it's your turn. You notice someone that needs help. They need the resource. They need to know the way. They need you to walk with them. They need empathy. So now I'm noticing my own wounds could be a source of healing for others. So good enough empathy means that we have our own wounds transformed from sources of personal weakness to reservoirs of strength for those in need. 
Perfectionist thinking is so strong that we deny our own need for healing and resist the efforts of others to help us see our vulnerability and suffering. I do this. It's embarrassing. I've tried this. I wish I could do this. That's what CPE helped me to do. It helps any person get in touch with, you know, it helped me get in touch with our my vulnerabilities. And that way I can learn to care for others. It's so important for you to know, number one, that you have your own wounds. Um, what, I got to say this. One thing, I thought I was going to be able to get through a podcast without talking about the Bible, but you know I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. I hear over and over and over, especially in the hospital, Well, I shouldn't be complaining. I know that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. No, that is not in the Bible. That is not true. I could pick people out of the Bible, and I've said this before. Of course you go through things more than you can handle. Of course it's too much. And I tell them this. I say, it sounds like you're going through too much to handle right now. And there's a few moments of silence and then they, yeah, you're right. This is too much to handle. It is important for me to get down in that hole with them and say, let's walk through this together. I don't tell anyone that everything's going to be okay. And if God brought you to it, he's going to bring you through it. Remember, God won't give you more too much you can handle. I don't, I don't say those words at all. I say, you're, you're suffering right now. You're in pain. And what I'm going to do as a chaplain is hold your hand and walk through this with you. Because... That's all we can do. So when your friends, your family call you, listen to them. Don't try to, to you know, sometimes we just wait till they, they pause in their sentence so we can tell them what we think they should do. That's the wrong answer. Just listen. And maybe, you know how you hear people say, this is what I hear you saying? Maybe try that. So what I hear you saying, sister, what I hear you saying, brother, what I hear you saying, mom and dad, is this. Did I, did I hear you right? They're going to be more amazed that someone's actually listening to them, first of all. They're going to appreciate that more than anything. And then they're going to have this good feeling of, yeah, yeah, that, that is what I'm saying. Because we don't have the answers. Could you imagine someone loses a loved one and, and I say, 
Well, all things work together for those who love God. <laughs> that, that would be terrible. That would be terrible. And I would also like to add to be comfortable in the silence. So when people are coming to you and talking to you and they're crying, I see this all the time. So many people, they're uncomfortable in silence. And so they, well, I have to say something. What do I say? And usually garbage comes out. You know, it's like, well, it's silent. I got to say something. Or someone's just crying. And, well, I got to say something. Let me, t let me touch them, hug them, you know, hold them, tell them, the, don't cry, don't cry. It's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay if someone dies. It's not okay if you're having a bad week. It's not okay if your car breaks down. It's not okay if you're going through a divorce or something. It's, it, it's not okay. What is okay is for you to cry. What is okay, and, and even men, I think women are more, um, more comfortable with sharing their emotions and crying, and, and that's great. And sometimes, as men, we're told that's weakness. No, that's a lie. If you, if you've, if you need to cry, you cry. And please, if, if, if there's silence, let there be silence. Be comfortable. The most meaningful visits I ever have is, is those of few words. Specifically for me, few words is possible. But sitting with them, crying with them, listening to them, Letting them process their thoughts and emotions, letting them speak all these things. That's what's most important because when we hold things in, our body knows it. Our body will remember it. Our mind will not let us forget the bad things that happened. And we can try to suppress them. Eventually, our mind is going to say, oh, yeah, what about this? Remember this? We stuffed in a box and put down in the basement. Yeah, we, we need to deal with this now. It's going to come up. <laughs> so, it is important to talk about it. It is important to have someone to talk to. So, if you're that person, please just listen. Allow them to process their thoughts. There's something about my mind talking uh, talking these things out and hearing myself talking these things out. Hearing myself saying the words, saying how I feel, saying uh, what emotions that I've felt during this very difficult time. There's healing in that. The most disrespectful thing I've ever encountered personally is when I shared that I had PTSD or anxiety, one of those two, with someone up from from a church, and they said, "Oh, we don't believe that here. Uh, you know, we don't don't you know don't speak it," and uh, just completely dismissed every you know what I was sharing. That's hurtful. 
because guess what? I still have it and you didn't help me. And I'm sharing these very personal things. I, I'm trying to make sure you understand that we're all in this together and we need each other's help. I have mentors in my life that I go to and, and hopefully I can help others. But we need each other. We're, we're living documents, walking around, and we need other people to, to listen to us. And so we've taken a break from theology, reading the Bible, steps, but I just wanted to uh, share this part of my life with you. All right, so I hope this was helpful. I hope it shed some light on some things. If you would like to hear more about these things, please let me know. I, I, don't, I certainly don't want to bore you with it, but if things, uh, topics like this helps, uh, leave a comment or message me. Let me know that this is uh, encouraging to you. As always, please like, share, uh, comment. Uh, thank you for listening to the Book of Jude podcast. Those who are listening in Ireland, thank you so much. Let me know that you're listening in Ireland. Uh, that that that's crazy. I I can't believe when I saw that report, I I couldn't. I was speechless. I, I didn't know what to say. So, uh, if you're listening to <laughs> anywhere outside of um, the United States. If you're listening outside of um, Texas, for crying out loud, please let me know. I mean, that, that's crazy. That That's awesome. So uh, until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Book of Jude podcast.